Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Joy, God is with us. This is our uh, 2019 Advent Christmas theme, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, Emmanuel is a Hebrew word which uh, means basically God with us, or God who resides with us. And this is our theme for this Advent season, uh, which Advent is really just a, a word that's based off the Latin but it has the idea of coming or the arrival. So at Christmas, we are celebrating the Advent, the coming or the arrival of Emmanuel, which is God with us, who brings us salvation, who brings us hope and joy and peace and love. And that's our four, and you'll notice our four candles here match that theme. And each week as we light the candles, we uh, increase that Awareness and uh, anticipation of all that Emmanuel means. The advent of Emmanuel, the coming of Emmanuel of Christ. What does that mean for us in the victory and the joy to do that? Last week we looked at the first candle was hope, which uh, is really a confident assurance that God is who he said he is and that he will do what he said he will do. So that's what hope is. Well, joy then is a satisfied assurance. Not only do you have the confidence that God is who he is and what he said he is, but you are satisfied with that. That's what you need. Anything else is lagap. It's above and beyond. It's just that is to, to know Christ and to have, be satisfied with who God is and what he says. That's going to be a satisfaction. So that's the joy we're talking about today. So joy is our theme of today. Emmanuel brings us joy. So our young adult class, if y'all will come up, they're going to be reading for us and lighting the candles today. So let's listen to them. The first candle we relight to remember God with us, Emmanuel, brings us hope. Today, we light the second candle and remember God with us, Emmanuel, brings us joy. Today, we joyfully proclaim that Jesus, God's Son, love came down to earth. Isaac Watts wrote these beautiful words based on Psalm 98. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Let us remember the angels of the Lord who gave the joyful news about the birth of the new baby Jesus, born in a manger in Bethlehem, the greatest gift of love from our Heavenly Father. Also, let us anticipate Christ's second coming to the world. One day, Jesus will return, not as a baby, but as our Savior and King, to take all of his followers home to be with God forever. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Let us remember that joy overcomes shame and guilt, and it overcomes our circumstances. Joy is a choice that each of us must decide to make. We can choose joy. We can rejoice. We can embrace the miracle of God with us and align our vision with the work he is doing in and through us. The Bible is filled with verses exhorting and encouraging us to rejoice. In Philippians 4.4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and join our voices with the angels for this special time of rejoicing over the love that has been given to us in Jesus. May we share this love with all we meet and let others know that the true reason for Christmas is Jesus. May we choose joy each and every day of our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Joy, God with us. Now, in your bulletin, you've had this little small little uh, folder pamphlet. I encourage you to read through that, but the, the, the intent of this is for you to pray about somebody that you can give this to that may need to understand more about the joy of Christmas and what God with us means. So it's a, in a sense, it's a sort of an evangelism uh, tool for us at this time of the year. So I encourage you to think about somebody you can give that to, and we've got a few more if you want to, the, the, the bulletins that are left over, if you want to take a few more, you can take them out of those. Uh, for that. So Emmanuel brings us joy. So week two, let's jump right into it. We're going to look at joy, the result of our salvation, joy, the product of our confidence, and joy, the motivation of our praise. So uh, as we look at the first one here, uh, joy, the result of our salvation. 
Let's uh, follow along with this verse here, Luke 8. Uh, it's not actually just 8 and 10. I don't know why I got the 20 from. But, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified, or the King James says, sore afraid. But the angel said to them, Fear not, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So joy and salvation are linked right from the beginning here in this passage. True joy comes as a result of our salvation, of us knowing the good news, knowing Emmanuel. Now, anybody lost, saved, young, old, rich, poor, it doesn't matter, uh, has the potential of being happy. But only true believers who have received Emmanuel into their hearts can, uh, can experience the state of being of joy, which, is, which grows out of hope, which is that confident assurance of what God, who God is and what he said he will do then you are satisfied with God and what he says, and you accept him as Lord and Savior through Jesus Christ, and then you have the potential to have joy, to settle in and be at home for joy. Now, you may not be happy all the time, but you can have joy all the time because the joy is based upon a confident assurance in the hope of Jesus Christ and what he is, and then your choice to be satisfied with him. So joy is your choice, but it's a gift that's offered. But you have to receive it. You have to receive that. Let's look at another passage of scripture. In Matthew this time. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this joy comes from Jesus, which Jesus uh, is actually Yeshua in the Aramaic and the Hebrew. And we get Yeshua and you break it down to Latin and in the English it comes down to Jesus. But it literally means Yahshua. Yah, or Yahweh, God, Shua, saves or is the source of salvation. So Jesus' very name itself is synonymous with God's salvation. Remember, Emmanuel is God with us? Well, Jesus is Emmanuel, literally God with us, and he comes to bring salvation, salvation from our sins. See, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christianity is about. What God is all about is to bring salvation. That's the most important thing. Now, there's a lot of things to think about at Christmas, but the most important thing, is to realize that a Savior has been born. His name is Jesus, and he can save us from our sins. Amen? Amen. See, if we have true hope 
that confident assurance that what God, who God is and what he said what he will do, and then we can be satisfied with that. That hope and joy is going to reside in us, and it's going to be the result of our salvation. So I hope that you today here uh, have that salvation. If not, today is a perfect opportunity for you to choose joy, to choose Christ, to choose Emmanuel. And at the end of the service, we'll have an, an invitation time. And it's a time that you can come. You don't have to be a Baptist. It doesn't matter what you are. But if you want to make sure that you, that you are part of God's kingdom, if you are not sure that you want to be saved, you want to be part of the family and have Emmanuel dwell within you, you need to come down and talk to Pastor Adam or I, and we'll pray with you. And the scripture says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. So salvation is the key. So make sure that you don't leave here today without at least thinking and processing on your salvation. Okay, secondly, joy is the product of our confidence. The product of our confidence. Now remember, I mentioned that hope is the wellspring from which joy comes. This confident assurance that we have and who God is and what he said results in that hope, and that hope has built within it the idea of faith and salvation, then joy comes forth from that. Confidence is what we want to talk about. Now, at Christmas time, when I say, or if somebody says, talks about Advent or Christmas, probably confidence is not the first thing that comes to mind. But it should be something that does come to mind. Because the coming of Emmanuel, the coming of Christ, this hope and this joy sets us up to have a confidence in God and what he said he will do. We should be the most confident, now, not cocky, but the most confident person, people in the world as Christians, because we have this blessed assurance, this hope, this joy. It doesn't matter how bad things get, and things are getting pretty bad. And there may be some bad circumstances in your life, in the past, maybe right now, all of us will be faced with in the future some, some bad situations and some hardships and troubles. But you see, our hope and our joy is not contingent upon whether we're healthy or happy or, or have a job or finances. That's not what it's dependent upon. Now, our happiness is, but our joy is dependent upon our salvation. And that joy then is, gives us the confidence that we need to have in that one. Now, we're going to look at Zechariah. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25 is the story. You know, we're going to read all of them, kind of summarize it. But Zechariah and Elizabeth are who we're going to look at today to help us to see uh, what joy, how joy and confidence uh, comes together on that. So, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were a couple, uh, husband and wife. And you'll see, according to verse 6 here, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now, what a blessed memory is this, a legacy, for generations, thousands of thousands of years, people have looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth, and when they think about them, they are described as righteous, observing all the Lord's commands blamelessly. And, and righteously. Elizabeth and Zechariah are great examples. 
of confident joy and living, even in the midst of not so comfortable and joyful experience. If you know the story, if not, Zechariah and Elizabeth had been married for, we don't know how long, but probably 30, 40, maybe 50 years. They were well up in age. Zechariah was a priest, a blameless, righteous priest. And all his life, he had been faithful to God as a priest, blameless and righteous, obeying his commands year after year after year after decade after decade. He remained confident even though shame and fear and doubt haunted him in his life. The problem was Zechariah and Elizabeth were barren. That means they could not have children. Now, not having children, if you want to have children, you can't have children, is, is sad and disheartening in any generation. But during this time, it was even doubly worse because at that time, right or wrong, whatever you want to say about it, but at that time, the prevailing thought, thought pattern was is that if a woman, well, let me rephrase that, that a woman's role is to have children. And if she didn't have children, either she sinned or she's a harlot and doesn't have, you know, not worried about children. So either way, a sinner or a harlot, you, you don't want, you know, that's, that's a sad story. And Elizabeth had to deal with it. Now, I know ladies today in this world, you never talk badly about another woman. You know, I mean, I know you don't do that today. You've never been critical of another woman. But in those days, the women were critical. And she had to struggle with that. But you see, Zechariah and Elizabeth stayed confident because their hope and their joy was not based upon in a child or finances or a position. It was based in their belief in God and Jesus, and it held them through. So the story today picks up with Zechariah and Elizabeth having lived 30, 40 years or whatever, waiting, hoping, but coming up empty. But something changes. We find in Luke 1, 13 through 15, an angel comes to Zechariah and says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Now, it was Yochanan in, in Hebrew, but he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Let me fill in the details of this part. Zechariah was a priest. And in, back in the time, you remember King David and then King Solomon? They, set, they built the temple. Solomon built the temple. They divided up all the priests, which was the, the spiritual religious leaders, into divisions. Or you might call them platoons of priests. There were 24 of them. And they were assigned each year about a two to two and a half week period where they were responsible to go in to the temple, light the incense, and to do the prayers and the sacrifice offerings. And uh, it was one person was chosen to go into the special part to, to light the, the, the incense. It happened to be that Zechariah's fam, uh, priest platoon, his division, was up for service. And they chose a lot. Now, there could have been, I don't know how many, it could have been 50, it could have been 100 or more. 
uh, priest in that division. But this year, Zechariah was picked and chosen to, to go in. This may be the first time. He may have been waiting for a child 40 years. He may have been waiting 40 years to go in to have that special honor. Now, the time period here, just in case you're wondering, is about seven months before the birth of Christ. I'll explain how we know that in a little bit. But seven months before Jesus Christ, Zechariah was on priestly duty. He was assigned. He got the joy. Everybody gathered because it was a big deal. Everybody gathered outside the temple, and uh, he had his, his fire, and, and he walked in, shut the door behind him. And the people began to wait, anticipating what he was going to say. Well, they waited, and they waited, and they waited. And I'm sure some people were saying, well, I know Zechariah's old, but I sure hope he didn't fall asleep in there. Or maybe he died in there. Finally, finally, after how, we don't know how long, he came out. But something was amiss. Something was wrong. He was probably white as a sheet and speechless. I mean, literally speechless. He could not speak. See, what had happened, this angel had come to him and spoke to him. And, uh, what, you know, the idea, now you may think, well, what's so afraid? But what if you were going about your business and an angel just appeared out of nothing and told you something magnificent and wonderful? Wouldn't you be a little bit taken back? You'd be a little bit uh, uh, shocked and afraid. Well, he told him, you're going to bear a son. Your prayers have been heard. Because remember, he had been blameless and righteous for all his life. But it didn't appear on human standard that it made any difference. Because they were still barren. And he had still not had the opportunity to go in. Well, this year, he was chosen to go in. An angel came to him and said, you're going to bear a son. Now, the reason why Zechariah was speechless was not because he was so much in shock. He was in shock. But because there was a tinge of disbelief in Zechariah. But don't judge him too harshly. Zechariah was probably at least 60, maybe 70. His wife was 60 or 70. She was past childbearing years. So it was, it was a, in a sense, a humanly, it was a joke to say something like that. It was a cruel joke. But you see, nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Nothing is impossible. So their hope and their joy was placed in God and their Savior, and they responded in even though there was this twinge of disbelief, God still honored him. He came out and he tried to motion the people what's going on. But he went home to his wife and she conceived a child. And she went into five months of seclusion. Now why she did it, I don't know. But if you were a 70 year old woman that was having a baby, you'd probably be hiding too. But uh, she, they hid out. And, but the joy here is that they remained confident in God. Their hope and their joy held them faithful to God, even in the difficult times. Let's look at another situation with another person. Let's go to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, and that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So, you know, she was in, in, in seclusion for five months, 
And then the sixth month, she started coming out. During this sixth month, the same angel, Gabriel, that had went to Zechariah, came to Mary. Now, to just let you know, there's a family connection here. Elizabeth and Mary. Mary was probably, uh, Elizabeth was probably Mary's aunt, or Mary's mother's sister, or a very close relative, you know, like a first cousin or something. So the same angel came to, sent by God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin, to a man named, engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Now, if you remember in a few other verses before, uh, Joseph was found out about the pregnancy, and he was going to divorce her privately. He loved her and he cared for her, but the shame of her being pregnant before the marriage, that they were engaged, but they were not married. And so in those days, it was, you know, you could almost be stoned for that. So there was great uh, fear and worry and some shame, just like it was with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Mary experienced some of that. She struggled with that. But he came to her and said, Rejoice, favored or blessed woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see, according to tradition, Mary probably grew up as, as a temple uh, servant that helped with the servant and maybe even did some of the, the curtains and the decorations and things. She was very close, very godly woman, a young woman. She was probably a teenager at this time. But she was, according to scriptures, is the most blessed and favored among, among women. Blessed and favored because God chose her Amen. to have the, the Emmanuel to bring forth the child. But she was still distressed. She was still troubled, as you would probably be as well. But the angel said, don't fear. You found favor with God. Her hope and her, her joy in God brought her a confidence to deal with even the most difficult of situations. Let's look at this verse here. This is a passage outside of the, the traditional Christmas passages. But there's another connection here, another family connection. Not from Mary, but from uh, Jesus. This is his half-brother, James. Joseph, uh, either through Mary or through a previous wife, had other children. And James was one of those. Now, this is being written about 40, maybe 50 years after the birth of Christ. So, there was joy at Christ, at Christ's birth. But James, writing 40, 50 years later, still says that same joy should be evident in every believer. Joy is a vital characteristic of a true believer. James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So joy, no matter the situation, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they maintained their hope and joy in some of the hardest of conditions of the, of the barrenness and the shame. They held on. They counted it joy because they kept their faith in God. Joseph, under stress and worries and, and the fear of being embarrassed, 
he placed his trust and his hope and his joy in the Lord, and his confidence was assured, and he counted it joy even in the midst of shame. Mary, in her situation, she counted it joy, rejoice. So I want you to think today. All of us here have gone through some tough times in our past. We've had trials, we have tribulations. Some of you are going through it right now. And my prayers and our support go, are with you. But some of us here are going through some extremely difficult circumstances and various aspects of our life. But I want you to know something. Joy is still for you if you choose it. Even in the worst of situations, the hope and the joy of who God is and what he said never fails. Our hope and our joy is based upon what Jesus did and said. And that is secure. The world is going to mess you up. It's going to tear you down. And all of us have got that in the future. There's going to be difficult times coming. But if you place your attention on Emmanuel, on Jesus, and let him be your hope and your joy, then you're going to be confident and you're going to have a joy in that one. Well, let's go to the third and last one. Joy is the motivation of our praise, our worship. Luke 1, 46 to 48. Now, this is a passage which is traditionally called the Magnificat. It's the, of Mary's song after an angel came to her and told what was going to happen. She says, my soul magnifies or praises or exalts the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, true hope and joy motivates us to praise. If you're not praising, if you're not magnifying the Lord, then there's a problem with your hope and joy. Which means there's a problem with you and your understanding of who God is and what he has said, what he's promised. If you haven't claimed that, if you haven't absorbed that and take that in, you're not going to be wanting to praise and worship him. Pastor Adam talked about the, the joy and the worship. Thing. Every Sunday should be a time we gather here to celebrate all that God has done through the week and to magnify him, and it should be exciting and joyful. Mary magnified the Lord and rejoiced in God, her Savior. And that's something we need to think about. Mary needed a Savior, just like Joseph did, just like you and I do. She needed a Savior, and she trusted in him. She trusted in God. She believed that the Messiah, her son, Jesus, was going to be the Messiah, and because of that, she was saved and is, is, uh, is considered the most blessed of all women. Well, let's move on to Luke 2, another passage. Let's look at another, bring in another group, uh, the shepherds and the angels. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill, which is the same thing as joy, to all. So we find here joy, Zechariah and Elizabeth. What joy to know of the child. Mary and Joseph, after they understood that this, this child was the Messiah, such joy. The angels sang joy to all the world. 
The shepherds rejoiced with them. Joy is the motivation for our worship and our praise. If we placed our faith in Jesus, we will have that joy. We will have that. But you have to choose. You have to choose to worship. Let's look at one more. Well, bring in another part of the story. The wise men. They had joy in their hearts too in Matthew 2. When they, the magi, the wise men, saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child, Mary his mother, they fell down and did what? Worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So here we find the wise men, magi, who traveled from far away. They were people of faith. They knew. They had a hope of what God has said and that is good. And they, based upon that hope, they came, and they came to, to Bethlehem, and when they saw Jesus, joy erupted. Because you see, when you have hope, when you know who God is, and you believe what he said he's going to do, you have hope. That hope is going to erupt into joy. That joy because of the salvation, the hope that you have. They worshipped him. And another key aspect here of worship is they presented him with gifts. That's why I, oft, I always say at an offertory time, now we turn to our worship through gifts of tithes and offerings. You worship God by your gifts, your offerings, and your tithes. So if you truly want to worship to the fullest, we've got to give. Remember our T3, T, uh, time, talents, and treasures? All those things need to be given to the Lord. If you truly want to experience joy, then you must do that. So joy motivates us. So joy uh, is the result of our salvation. Uh, it gives, it's a product of our, of our confidence, and it is the motivation of our praise. Now let me put up three verses, and I'm going to repeat one of the ones Adam stole from me earlier. He, he read one of my verses here, but we'll forgive you for that one. But Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Romans 12.12, 12, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. So rejoicing is what we should be doing. That's, that's expected of us. And rejoicing because we have a confident hope. But we've got to be patient. Zechariah and Elizabeth were patient for how many years? 30, 40 plus? They kept praying. They kept believing. They maintained their hope and their joy and their confidence in who God is. And they received the blessing. And then 1 Peter 1, 8, 9, this whole verse here kind of summarizes it. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Talking about Christ. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, it comes back to salvation. Without salvation, without receiving Emmanuel, you will not have hope. You will not have joy. And jumping ahead the next two weeks, you will not have peace or experience love. You're missing out. Today is the day for you to receive and turn and let Emmanuel bring you joy. A joy based upon the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ.
So today, I want to challenge you. Will you choose joy? Will you choose Jesus, Emmanuel? This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.